Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of 2024 AMB Sports Media, the podcast. My name's AJ. And I'm Bill. And let's get into it. Cool. So we're going to start off with today in sports history. This is going to be February 11th, 2024, the Super Bowl edition. But we're not talking about that first. The 1851, the inaugural first class cricket match in Australia and Tasmania versus Victoria in Launceston. Tasmania wins by three wickets. I have no idea what that means, but good for them. <laughs> what is a wicket? I have no idea. Um, in 1928, the winter, the second Winter Olympic Games opened in Switzerland. And then, just for fun, 1949, uh, Willie Pep recaptures his world featherweight boxing title. For what agency? I have no idea. No idea. <clears throat> but moving on, we're going to start off with uh, the Flyers. They actually just won yesterday against the Seattle Kraken, 3-2. to two. Mm-hmm. Overall, the Flyers are still doing well. Um, they are currently 28-19 with six overtime lost, have a total of 62 points, and are third in the Metropolitan Division. Um, unfortunately, now with everything going on with Carter Hart being removed from the team, who knows what is going to happen from there. But it seems like uh, what's-his-name is doing okay. Uh, and I, what I mean uh, by that, I mean Carl Peterson. Last one, he had two goals brought in, but uh, save percent of .89 I would say 89.5%. Not bad. Still needs to get higher. Yeah. Overall, the, though. The thing with the Flyers, too, is that they're starting to falter a little bit into the All-Star break. Um, yeah. But at, I forget which game it was. I think it was – I don't know if it was the Jets or this Kraken one, but mm-hmm. they were absolutely terrible in the first uh, period of the game and essentially came out after the coach pretty – because the coach had to have said something amazing. So Because um, then they came out and they looked – They've ever since then they've looked like a completely – driven team and it's 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 cool to watch but the only issue now is apparently we are sellers at the deadline i don't know why but we are going to be sellers so i'm just going to see what i really hope we don't get rid of konecki but that might be the case yeah we'll see what happens um moving on from the flyers to the sixers uh sixers are still not doing too too bad but it's definitely been some turmoil recently with uh, Tyre, not Tyrese, I'm sorry, Joel Embiid finally getting confirmed injured toward MCL, mm-hmm. um, which has dropped us from third in the division, uh, Eastern Conference, sorry, to fifth. We are now currently 31 and 31 wins, 21 loss. Um, not too far behind, but not too great either. So, how is everything going without um, Embiid? It's been a little bit tough. Got to say that straight up. Uh, they were on a four-game losing streak since February 1st, but then yesterday beat the Wizards uh, 119 to 113, and they'll be yeah. playing the Cavaliers tomorrow. They uh, Well, so, so Buddy's actually looking like a great addition, um, for, especially for what we gave up for him. Yeah. I'm still not a fan of us giving up Bev for pain, but you know. Yeah, we're also getting Kyle Lowry too. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was just I was gonna bring that up. Uh, but let me, you know, we'll, we'll say this first and then I'll go back to my original point. Okay. Um, yeah, so Kyle Lowry and the uh the and Miami, they actually agreed to a, a buyout. So pretty much he's buying out his contract and then he's gonna sign, I think like a two mil with the Sixers. So the hometown yeah, kid 2.5. I think that's huge because he has 
he's been in championship games and he's he's been through like playoffs and like some adversity. So I think that's good to get, especially with the young group of guys that that's happening right now, especially with him beat out um, and that young core. It's really good to get him in and kind of start teaching the guys. And he's also just a good like addition to the team. So it's exciting for that. Um, there was against the Wizards, though, there was a nice little uh, breakout from uh, one of the, the young bulls, the rookie, Ricky Council. Um, I is that the fourth? I think it's the fourth. Ricky Council, the fourth. Uh, yesterday, he he came off the bench. He got 29 minutes, but he he got 19 points, uh, five rebound or 10 rebounds, sorry, and one assist. So the the rookie's looking kind of good, and it, a lot of people are saying he's ready to join the council. So I'm excited to see where he goes. And yeah, buddy, yeah. buddy just actually he looks like a great fit for the team. I think uh, takes a little bit off of Tobias or not Tobias, uh, Maxi. Um, and then if we can just get rid of Tobias, I think I'd be a lot happier about the team. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's going to be good um, for the Sixers. I'm very curious how this is all going to play out. I still think they're going to be fine for playoff contention, but I don't know how they yeah. still got to get through to April, though. Yeah, I mean, uh, and ooh, uh, correction, uh, Charlotte Hornets and Kyle Lowry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Maury, they say they're hopeful for Embiid to return for a playoff run, but I mean, he was already hurt and then had uh, pretty much hurt his meniscus with someone literally dive bombing onto his knee. It's going to be interesting to see because he was on historic pace, like even better than yes, like last year. Um, I don't know. I just I yeah, don't know, I don't know I either. St- I still believe the year with uh, Butler was our year. Now we're just right now. No, I agree. But well, you never know. Sometimes things just click. And honestly, the game against the Wizards, even though they were nine and 43, like that's their record. Mm-hmm. But still, the way that the team seems to be clicking a little bit now with with Buddy, with Council coming out of nowhere, um, it's kind of looking pretty good. So we'll see. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Moving on into F1, because there's actually a pretty big shakeup that's been happening, not for this year of 2024, but next year of 2025. Lewis Hamilton will be uh, moving from Mercedes to Ferrari, which is actually a very big thing just in its own right. Mm-hmm. Um, usually when a driver leaves another, uh, team that year, it's kind of like their, um, not retool year. It's basically like they don't expect the win or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So it's really going to be him. It's really from Mercedes. It's just going to be George Russell for now. How is Mercedes going to, or Ferrari handle, uh, Lewis Hamilton coming in along with their two drivers, Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz who's getting knocked out of being their driver. I don't know. Um, While that's also going on, Christian Horner, if you don't know who that is, that is the Red Bull's pit boss. That's the guy that basically runs the entire thing. He is currently under some allegations of, you know, doing some uh, inappropriate behavior uh, within his own organization and is currently in a uh, hearing, a complaint, in the internal hearing for this thing investigation. So he may not even be back. So Red Bull is up in jeopardy, which then leads to uh, Mercedes also saying we may try to pick off Max Verstappen. So F1's getting kind of interesting on the outside, but nothing that has been confirmed besides um, uh, Lewis Hamilton moving over to F1. 
Um, beyond that, though, we're going to jump into UFC. We're going to go right into the next big event. I know there was two events since the last episode. They were both fight nights. They were both okay. They weren't anything really to talk about. I will say Dan Ige, though, great knockout. Proud of you. But um, beyond that, we're going to jump right into UFC 298, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Ilya Teporia. Um, there is a lot of good fights on here from early, from prelim on. The only one I'm going to give a shout out to the prelims that I'm excited for uh, is the heavyweight fight, Justin Taffa versus Marcos Rodrigo de Lima, which I really want Justin Taffa to win because he would then finally get a uh, be ranked 15th and get the number next to him. Um, rooting for him very hard. Moving on beyond that, though, the main card itself is very stacked. Under the middleweight division, you got Anthony Hernandez versus Roman Koplov. This is a uh, short notice fight for Roman, uh, but this is also him going into the ranks, fighting the ranked 14th in the middleweight division. Um, Koplov is 12-2-0. Hernandez is 11-2-0, both coming off wins. Koplov came out with two fantastic knockouts that I've seen recently in 2023, but he is currently on a three fight knockout win streak in the UFC. Um, and one was a beautiful head kick that absolutely just destroyed him regarding Anthony Hernandez. He is currently on a three fight win streak as well. Um, and overall, and also his nickname is fluffy. Love that. Uh, basically, Anthony has been the gatekeeper, so we're going to see how this goes. And the odds are not there, but my guess would be Kipwoff is, is going to be considered the favorite. Uh, moving on from that real quick, we do have the Bantamweights. This is a big one, too. Marab Divashelli versus Henry Cejudo. Henry Cejudo is the former Bantamweight champ, or sorry, former flyweight champion, if I remember correctly. Um, I may be wrong here, but either way, this is going to be a fantastic, um, it could go either two different ways. Um, and it can be either because they both have excellent ground game. This is going to become a striking matchup or it's going to become, you're going to see a lot of rolling around, a lot of takedowns, a lot of. Defense, everything along those lines. Both records are near identical. 16 and 4 for Marab, 16 and 3 for Cejudo. Marab's coming off a win, but hasn't fought in a while. Cejudo is coming off a loss against, um, if I remember correctly, I think that is the former champion. Yep, Aljamain Sterling. Um, but Marab has not fought, just a note, since March of last year. So he has basically about a full year of waiting since he's been uh, fought. I will say this one's probably going to be one that goes the distance. I don't think it's going to go to a knockout or sub. I can go Real distance. quick, uh, moving on to Joff Neal versus Ian Machado Gary. Ian Machado Gary is the new rising star in the welterweight division. He is 13-0. and 0. Got, uh, Joff Neal is 15-5. and 5. Both haven't fought in a while. Um, well, not really a while. Ian... And fought Neil Magny in August and won. And that's kind of like the big gatekeeping thing. But so is Joff Neal. He is also an incredible good fighter. Six first-round finishes in the first round. 
Um, but he is, he did recently lose via knockout or TKO um, from, ah, shit, I just had his name up, Shavkat Rachmanov. Um, I can see this one going either way, honestly. I think this is a good test for Ian. We know he's not perfect. This is his chance to break into the top 10 and eventually get up there. Um, if I'm a betting man, I'd take the plus 200 for Joff, but Ian really is showing that he is good. Two more, real quick. Robert Whitaker versus Paula Costa. This is finally happening, apparently, um, as this one was scheduled, I think, like twice before, and it was never actually happening. So now we're getting it. Paula Costa is currently 14-2, and two, and his last win was against Luke Rockhold back in August uh, August 20th of 2022. So it's been a while. Um, he is an incredible fighter. He's incredibly strong. I just hope the ring rust hasn't gotten to him. Whereas Robert Whitaker, who is 25 and 7 and a former welterweight champion, uh, is coming off a loss against the current champion, Driscus or Dracus Duplice. Robert even said during that fight, you have to go in 100%, and if you don't, you're going to lose, which actually I think this is going to make him take this fight even more seriously, which may Paul Acosta may not be ready for, for having ring rust. I would take Whitaker at minus 205, but if I was betting plus 170 for Paul Acosta, I believe it. Lastly, uh, the champion bout, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Ilya Taporia. This is for the featherweight title bout. Volkanovsky is actually coming off a two-fight losing streak. Uh, sorry, I am incorrect. Um, he is coming off a one-fight losing streak because there was a fight in between. Um, he has lost twice recently to Islam Mukchev, and but he did beat Yair Rodriguez for the, to defend the belt for the featherweight title back in July. But Alex was knocked the ever-living fuck out via head kick on October of 2023. It's been about five months now, so hopefully he's recovered from it. He's 26-3. and three. He's been an absolute stud in the featherweight division. Um, I think this is going to be a real test to see if time is still on his side. But if not, then he is on his way out, sadly. Um, Ilya Taporia has been fantastic, though, the watch. 14-0, four wins by knockout, nine first-round finishes. Incredibly cocky, but he has the confidence to say that, and actually uh, back it up, too. He's defeated Bryce Mitchell, Josh Emmett, Jai Herbert. Um, overall, just making a name for himself into this uh, in this division. This probably will be Volkanovski's hardest test because the way Ilya strikes is very crisp. His boxing is fantastic. But Alex is no slouch either. He has just has to watch out for those head kicks. Um, overall... I think this one's a toss-up. I don't know who's going to win. I would like Alex's reign to last a little bit longer, but I also know time is not on his side either. Um, it's it's going to be a toss-up, but I am excited to watch it from wherever the hell I'm going to be watching it. Hmm. All right. Sweet. Yep. Um, I was... I have some really fun things to talk about for the Super Bowl, but I do want to talk a little bit more about baseball and some Eagles things before. Nerd. Okay. I do want to at least at least set the hook there. That's fine. Um, when it comes to the Phillies, nothing too crazy is happening. I think it's within three days of pitchers catchers reporting. 
um, which fun fact, when we signed Bryce Harper, it was like, I think a month in the spring training or something like that. So there's still plenty of time for some big names and stuff like that to kind of be signed. But the Phillies, at least right now, have signed Spencer Turnbull. Um, he missed 2022 with Tommy John and struggled in 2023. But I mean, people who have played baseball know that that's not an easy thing to come back from, even if you are like a superstar like Otani or something like that. Like Otani is probably going to have a down year this year coming up. But I agree. I mean, he's not able to pitch. He's only going to hit, right? Exactly. I mean, he probably will. I don't know. That's it really depends on how his arm uh, PT has come. Um, I think they would probably will not let him hit the first year um, or pitch the first year, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, he did struggle with back-to-back uh, foot injuries, Tommy John. So, I mean, we got him for two mil. So it's a pretty very low risk, high reward signing. Cause he's, I mean, he, he was a pretty dominant pitcher beforehand where um, 2020, 2021, he had 20 game starts, um, 106 innings pitched, uh, 3.46 ERA, 95 Ks. Like he was, he only let up four home runs too, which is kind of crazy. Um, so he was really good in the years prior. So they, Philly signed a pretty decent um, guy, especially a team that's been needing like a four or five guy, like someone to kind of get them through the dog days and stuff. So, We'll see how he turns out. I like the signing. I, I do. I mean, I agree. Again, it's low risk, high reward. If he sucks, I mean, he sucks. Nothing's different too much. Um, but that's pretty much it with the Phillies and baseball. It's because, again, things are – pitchers and catchers are reporting soon, which is exciting. So we'll see if anyone else kind of gets signed recently. Um, a big thing that actually just came out today – uh, Eagles All-Pro edge rusher Hassan Reddick has received permission to seek a trade following another disruptive season featuring double-digit sacks. The 29-year-old with 27 sacks over two seasons in Philly could land elsewhere. Now, I was thinking about this. Um, he is 29, and he's been extremely dominant. Uh, the issue is we won't be able to give him the contract that he wants. Now, obviously... Last year was such a disruptive year. I'm sure it put a sour taste in his mouth. Um, but who knows if he does stay? I mean, a lot of people ask for trades. I mean, for God's sakes, the Sixers for Con asked for a trade three years in a row. Um, but he is one of those players where, like, if we do trade him, it's going to be rough to replace him. Um, he's been so disruptive, like 27 sacks over two seasons. And even in a scheme last year where – essentially they used him not even for his best abilities. They kept dropping him back in coverage and everything. It's interesting. I mean, my only issue is he is he's been our best defensive player for the past two years now to just kind of give him up for, and I love Nolan Smith and I love Josh Sweat, but they haven't, Nolan Smith is unproven and Sweat hasn't really lived up to expectations. So it's kind of hard for me to think that they're going to do anything i mean if we get a first round for him maybe that'd be really cool but i doubt it he's 29 um so i'm curious to see where that goes uh but also on the eagles train obviously we got vic vangio as the dc kellen moore as the oc so a lot of really cool things happening on the eagles outside of maybe this assign rank thing um but i'm curious how next year is going to be especially with the fact that there's this upheaval. But, I mean, Kellen Moore, I've loved his offensive uh, play style, like the coordination, his plays and everything. 
like for years. I don't know why the Cowboys let him go. I don't know why the Chargers let him go. It's just, but I'll gladly take him. Vic Vangio, everyone from the Vangio tree doesn't seem to work out, but Vic Vangio himself does work out. So I'm excited to see where this goes. And uh, yeah, me too. Excited to see how next year pans out too. Um, now, as everyone has been waiting, I really, it, this sucks too. I don't want to watch it. I'm actually a big fan of like this whole, like the Swifties coming in and now experiencing football and actually starting to learn the sport and stuff like that. I actually do think that's a really good thing for the sport. And all I think it's just really cool. But now I can get over maybe them constantly obsessing over that thing. And they have gotten better recently, especially in the playoffs. Like now people see it, they go, ugh, but she was only on there for like 40 seconds the whole game. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. Um, but I really do think this is going to be one of the least watched um, Super Bowls in, in recent years, at least in, within a decade. And the Rams-Patriots uh, Super Bowl was a rough one to even watch then, too. Yeah. Um, I just think nobody cares. Like, there's no good storyline with it. Yeah, we have the Swifties, you know, a part of it because of uh, Travis and everything. But there, it's it's not fun. Like, Detroit, I wish won. Obviously, we all do. They should have won. If they, Detroit they... won, I think this would probably be one of the most watched Super Bowls. Oh, easily. Which, easily. Uh, again, NFL script. Why would you want the most boring like Super Bowl to happen instead of having, you know, the script have the Lions potentially win in 30 years? That's well, the, huge. The 49ers actually. They they were given both games by Green Bay and the Lions. That's they were said. I mean, it's better to be lucky than to be better sometimes. Especially I agree. in this sport. Um, but yeah, I I don't plan on watching it. We're recording the exact same day, so we have all the lines too. So I have a few things that I like gambles that I want to bring. Ah, uh, yeah, I might as well bring those. Um, up. but I re- I don't expect to watch anything of this game. Um, in reality, even like I love Usher and I probably won't watch the halftime show just because I don't really care that much. Yeah, I, um, I just don't like it's not like I like have a problem with like the Super Bowl. It's just I'm going to be bored. Yeah. I, and the only thing, too, is that I, neither of these teams I want to win. Like, yeah, that, that I, I'd much rather that. Kansas City win over San Francisco because. It's they have the exact opposite storylines. Like to be fair, Kansas City, like yeah, the whole thing is the refs have helped them and stuff like that. But they've gone into, um, like like Baltimore and the Bills, which are very hard game like places to play in. They went in there and won like pretty decisively too. So they have earned their spot to be here, and I can at least respect that. Where San Francisco hasn't really earned their spot. They look like what the Eagles were when the Eagles were faltering. Like that, the um, like where we we're like, yeah, I mean, there's things to clear you up, but they won type stuff when we yeah. were at that stage. It that looks like San Fran right now. I agree in every game, and it's now I can I can objectively say now looking at it, I'm like, all right, I can see where people were saying we were just you know gung ho about it, but didn't expect it, the most historic collapse in NFL history. Um, uh, but I just I will get into there. DraftKings, I find this kind of funny. They have um they have a thing it's called for the Swifties. So it's yeah. it's it's bets based on you know Taylor Swift and stuff. So 22. Any quarter to have 22 points scored is plus 400. 
that's kind of cool. That's actually um, pretty cool. You have the anti-hero, which is Brock Purdy, two fifty passing yards and two uh, tutties. That's he. That's plus two hundred. This is my favorite, actually. I'm actually curious about this. Blank space. It's Travis Kelsey to score an, uh, an octopus. Do you know what an octopus is, Bill? Yeah, you got to score a touchdown and then the two point conversion. So you have to yep. get eight points. Yep, and that's the octopus. So I'm. I, I do like the 22 one, but I actually think the octopus may happen. I think so too. Like I've been seeing that, but my whole thing is they have all these bets. And I looked at FanDuel, I looked at DraftKings and they still don't have this bet up. And I I'm going to bet it this year. Cause I've been is it right a Gatorade every, color? Every year, every year it, I, I guess the correct Gatorade color going to be orange this year. And I have not bet on it. And it's because every year I try to do it around this time. None of them have it. They have everything else, but they don't have the Gatorade color. Is it like, under, it like, like, specialty props or something? I remember drafting. I'm looking right now. I don't see it. I see a lot of other things. Like, I'm in the Super Bowl specials. That's what I'm in. Nothing. Novelty props, nothing. Like, there's a coin toss. They have that. Oh, wait. We found orange is plus 300. Is that the color? Clear? What the hell is clear Gatorade? Water? Uh, no Gatorade bath. That's an option. So purple yeah. is is the favorite right now, minus one thirty. I think that makes. I can kind of see where it might be purple or red because of the. I'm going orange. I'm I'm going to stick with orange, but if it's purple or red, I can see it because it's the logo for this. Yeah, it's fair. That makes sense. Or there's just no Gatorade bath, which I highly doubt it. I mean, if the Chiefs win, I think there will be Gatorade bath. If the 49ers win, I don't think there will be. <laughs> No, I think there would be, depending how the 49ers win. That's true. Um, but they actually have better. So FanDuel has heads, tails, both at minus 104. DraftKings has heads, tails at plus 100. Each? Yeah, each. That's pretty which cool. Is, which is interesting. But let me get into my bet, Bill, and then we'll talk right. about yours. Sure. Um, Remember. Remember, we don't we don't bet much on these things. We don't bet much, and we do not solicit gambling advice because, as we've known for the entire year that we have done, or year and month, two months that we have done this, you know, sports podcast, we have one big once. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> um. So I have this. It's a parlay. Uh, how many legs is it? It is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight legs. So I have George Kittle, 40 plus receiving yards. Mahomes, plus 225 passing yards. Pacheco, plus 60 rushing yards. Travis Kelsey, plus seven receptions. Debo Samuel, over 58 and a half receiving yards. And Travis Kelsey, McCaffrey, and Debo Samuel, all anytime tight. I actually think that is a very reasonable thing that's going to happen in this game. The only nice. thing that I'm concerned about is the Debo Samuel tutty. Outside of that, though, I think it's going to happen. So. I agree. Here's what I have. Um, Patrick Mahomes and Debo Samuel will score. I think he's Patrick Mahomes is going to score on some trick play or some bullshit. Um, I can absolutely see that. Yeah. Mahomes and Purdy both to have 220 passing yards. Isaiah Pacheco, 60-plus um, rushing yards. Purdy's going to throw two passing touchdowns, and Kelsey's going to get over six-and-a-half receptions. That only pays out for $278, though. Yeah. But 
the big dumb one that I have, which I highly doubt will hit, McCaffrey to score three touchdowns, Isaiah Pacheco to score two touchdowns, and Kelsey to score once, and then the 49ers money line for a grand, five bucks for a grand. I like that. I like that. I, mean, I, I, I doubt McCaffrey scoring three times, but it may happen. I mean, he's done that all season, but again, the 49ers have kind of slowed down in, in the playoffs, so we'll see what happens. No, I agree. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I don't think it's gonna happen, but hey, if it does, I'll let my ass off. It's oh, just a money line I don't care I don't care for. It's official. Two minutes ago, Taylor Swift has shown up with Ice Spice and Blake Lively at the Super Bowl. What a what a, a nightmare blunt rotation that is. Jesus. Um I'm I'm looking at a few other things too specifically when it comes to mm-hmm. uh they have a, a pretty good amount of like you know specials and stuff, but yeah, I really do think I, I think two things are going to happen specifically in this game. I think Travis Kelsey is going to have a historic game, like historic game. Yeah, uh, whether that's two hundred yards or over like a lot of receptions, who knows? But because like the past few playoff games, he's been the best player on the Chiefs, hands down. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to happen, and I think McCaffrey's going to do his thing. And I think those are the only two things you can guarantee, and that's why the sport of football is so fun, is that it's one of the – where a lot of things people are like, yeah, well, this person's been doing it all season, stuff like that, but now you're in the Super Bowl, no one has any idea. I mean, yeah. for God's sakes, Nick Foles has the best historic <laughs> game in Super Bowl history, and guess who's number two? Jalen Hurts. Like true, uh, one of those was a backup that won a Super Bowl. One of those is a starter that just missed out winning the Super Bowl because of fucking Gannon. And you never know with the sport, and I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. Um. I I I keep seeing things about Hassan Reddick. Um. Here here's a, a really cool thing about that too, and I'll get back to a little bit of the Super Bowl. Um. Is that there's only uh one player in the past uh, few years that has uh, more or the same amount of sacks and it's miles Garrett. No one else is better than Hassan Reddick. And that, that, <laughs> that makes me really wish we do. We don't get rid of Hassan Reddick now. Um, all right, Bill, do you have, do you have anything else uh, for the Super Bowl? Honestly, I don't, I don't really have much else. I didn't really make a lot of thing. I wasn't really feeling it much this year. Yeah, that that's the issue. That that really hurts. I um, I agree. And I think right now everything's just kind of cooling down because NHL just got out of their their all star. Yeah, uh, NBA starting to go into it, and no one's really playing. Um, today outside of Boston did play Miami NBA wise. Uh, Boston did win. Um, but yeah, honestly, I think this, this is going to be a quick uh. Quick episode. I think they'll it'll wrap it up and then Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we can see we can come back and see if our bets uh win. But you know what? For for this, who do you think is gonna win and what's the score for the Super Bowl? Um I think the 49ers are going to win. Ugh. I'm gonna say 35 33. Mm. Okay. I like that. Um, everything in me, everything in me is 
wants to bet the 49ers so that they lose. <laughs> um, and that's what I'm probably going to do. I'll probably put 49ers. I was thinking 31-28. I think they that's, – That's a good score too. Yeah. I, I'll, you have no idea how how pissed off I'll be if that's the case. I just without going into it, I just do not like the Forty Niners. <laughs> I, I don't like either, but I don't like Kansas City more. The See, only I'm, bet I missed out on that I didn't take because I don't have any more bet m- money to be able to deposit is uh, having Mahomes throw an interception. Uh, do they even have that? Yeah, but it, it's it's a straight bet. You can't parlay it. Oh, that's annoying. But yeah, uh, I, I'm you can on a DraftKings. You can on Sportsbook though. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm I'm the complete opposite. I'd much rather. I hate the 49ers more than the the Chiefs. But uh, yeah, I think um, I think we'll see what happens next week. Uh, we'll see if our bets hit, and either we'll be a lot more excited, and we'll we'll do another <laughs> my way segment. Um, but outside of that, please, 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 uh, <laughs> reach out to us. Um, at bill and aj media at gmail.com we do still check our uh emails um there is a few few more questions that we need to get to that we we kept in last year i know isaiah um still waiting on that yeah um also please do uh follow us at ab sports media on twitter or now x uh, properly referred to um but just like that my name is aj And I'm Bill. And thanks for listening. See you guys next week. Take care. Go Birds. If gambling has become a problem for you or for someone you know, please call 1-800-GAMBLER and seek free, confidential, 24-7 problem gambling assistance. You can also text SUPPORT to 533-42 to get more information about problem gambling behavior.